Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Subscriptions for Authors podcast. Today, we are joined with Vi Starlin. She's the author of fantasy novels that range from epic fantasy to lit RPG to urban fantasy. She's a fantastic author who's been writing and publishing for over 10 years. She went full-time all the way back in 2012 writing romance novels and then burned out. After a break and getting a job, she returned to the writing world, serializing a novel on Lit RPG and offering early access to subscribers on Patreon. Super, super fascinating. And we talk about everything from how she came to her burnout, how she dealt with her burnout and really approached her creative career from a more sustainable, healthy way. And also talk about her exciting developments in building visual novels, opening a game studio. Vi is honestly an incredible author and is pushing forward the future of fiction, all while creating stories featuring underrepresented characters in fantasy. This is such an inspirational podcast. And whether you are just beginning your subscription and wondering where to start, or whether you are killing it at your subscription and wondering what's next, Vi has amazing insights for you. As always, I want to remind everyone that Vi's links are in the description below. Her visual novel is free to play so you can see what it looks like and listen to the podcast to find out how she did it. In addition, you can also join the Subscriptions for Authors Facebook group. It's a really fun place, and if you're interested in learning about more about subscriptions with an amazing community of authors, the place to be. Anyways, we'll get into the podcast right now. Let's do this thing. I wanted to start off just by asking you how did you get to the point of your burnout and what were you doing before burnout to lead you there? What I was doing is that back in 2012, I was working a full-time job. What happened was that my first book, Burnt Children, which was a high fantasy book, was picked up by a publisher. During that time, a lot of publishers were going out of business. And so what ended up happening is my publisher did go out of business. So I went ahead and resent it out. I even got asked for a full from Bain Books and everything. But I realized that I was tired of waiting and hoping for a publisher to pick up my book. I've been, I had been published multiple times. There was just so many struggles and then with the with publishers just dying all over the place i was just like i'm just gonna try the self-publishing route at that time the kdp was a really big thing it had just launched or was still fairly new and launched so it was very easy to get into publishing on amazon so i went ahead and threw up my book a couple of friends also read my romance stuff that I just did for fun. And they were just like, put that up as well. So I did. And the fantasy did well, but the romance was the really big one. It shot off really quickly. And so I was like, I don't like my job. I really want to be a full-time writer. So I'm just going to focus on doing my romance writing. And so I did. And within six months of publishing it, I had enough money to be full time. Yeah, it was, it happened super quickly, but it was happening to a lot of people. Like 2012 was like the golden time <laughs> for that. Like I was in a group where people were making 80,000 a month. Wow. <laughs> so I shot up 
really fast. And the problem was, is that I was writing all the time. I was putting things out constantly. I was writing 10,000 words a day. It was crazy. And so when I finally was making enough to be full-time, I quit my job. I was still writing and I was exhausted. I started to hate writing and I couldn't even sit at my computer. And that was when I realized I was burnt out. On top of that, I love romance, but fantasy was my passion. And I really wanted to have a lot to put out books that showed underrepresented people as main characters in fantasy, because I felt like that was uh, a very small group. And I remember growing up, going to the library and reading through everything on the shelf, but hardly ever finding anything where there were Mm -hmm. ethnic people as the main character or just anyone that was different. So I really wanted to show that for my nieces and nephews so they could have those same people. So that was my goal. And I realized I had went way away from that goal. So after that, it was just really hard to continue writing. And I burnt out and I just stopped. I stopped writing. Luckily, I had made enough from my writing to just take some time and not do anything. And then after that, I started working just on like a regular job. And for a while, I was just like, maybe I'm just not meant to be a writer because I just stopped. I stopped writing. I knew that I still love writing, but when you suffer from such intense burnout, the passion that you had just goes away. And so for a long time, I just stopped. I mean, I wrote here or there, but I would have like super anxiety whenever I would go and pull up the screen and try to write and my mental health was really really bad so sometimes you just got to take a step back and for me that step back meant me losing years of growth as a writer this is first of all such a courageous thing to share because I feel like burnout is one of those things like we all know is a thing like we maybe have all even felt it a little bit but to have someone like come out and talk about their experience during a really dark moment of their life is, is very difficult. So thank you for doing that. It's something I relate to because we were chatting before this, how we figured out like, wait, if I've been through burnout, we should like talk about this on the podcast is because I've, I've done a very similar thing to you during a different era of indie publishing, which was this kind of like book a month treadmill of sorts. And it, led me to burnout, which is, which is not fun. So for you, during this phase of burnout, during the time in which you went back to your job, what was going through your mind after a few years? Were you thinking you were ever going to return to writing? And spoiler, <laughs> she, she's back writing now. Back I always thought that I would go back to writing, but I wasn't sure if I would go back to it as a career. I had put so much time and effort into writing. It had been my dream for so long. I didn't want to give up on it, but it was a very long time. So during that time, I like just worked a job. I bought a house. I just lived the normal American life, but I wasn't happy. And 
what ended up happening is that I ended up selling my house, moving to a different state and just trying to reconnect with what it was that I personally wanted and going back to my roots. And that's basically has been the process, just finding out what I want to do. Now, one of my issues is I tend to be an overachiever for my, to give you an example, when I got my master's degree, I did my thesis and in the middle of doing my thesis for my grad degree, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want this. And then I wrote a book in two weeks and then sent it into my, oh my, gosh. my advisor. She's just like, you did this in two weeks. Are you insane? I was like, yeah. And it was the one, it actually ended up being what I passed with, but that was the kind of person I was. I always felt like if I wasn't doing like double or triple what everyone else was doing, then I was not achieving my potential. And so taking a step back was extremely hard and just going through the process of, I can do it slow, <laughs> slow and steady. It doesn't have to be rushed. And I'm constantly having to remind myself of that. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. Even now getting back into writing, it's still hard. Like mm -hmm. I, I mentioned recently, I, I'm writing a book and on Royal Road and I publish it five days a week. Originally, I was supposed to just do it for three days. I'm doing that. And then in the middle of it, I was just like, hey, you know, I always want to do a visual novel. I have no game developer experience, but I'll join this game jam and just do it. And I published a game recently and I'm, that's the kind of person I am. I'm just like, oh. Let me do 10 things all at once. And so this past week after doing both those things, I was like, okay, so I, I really want to do all these things, but maybe not all of them together. So I had to kind of step back because I feel like once you jump into burnout, it's very easy to just go back into it and fall into those same habits. I, I was just going to say, I'm like yeah. the exact same way. Like I will take on a thousand <laughs> projects at one time and I'm like, I want to do all of this like right now. But then I'm like, oh, I like don't have any time to like sleep anymore. It's yeah. You have to be <laughs> very, very careful. But yeah. I agree. It's just like when you're a creative person, that means everything is a creative opportunity and you want to do all the things. And yeah. The great thing about writing is that writing is everywhere. Everything needs writing. So there's always so many things to get involved in. Oh, yeah, it's it's totally a superpower. I mean, everything you see on television, everything you see everywhere, like it's a story that eventually has to like come from words at some point. And I think your point on Berna, I want to like circle back to specifically you were writing romance and that's what was doing really well. And then you kind of made this shift towards fantasy. And I want to talk about like writing to market versus writing like your passion. And I don't even think it has to be versus, but I, I want to chat about that because the way that you describe like your mission with fantasy and wanting to showcase underrepresented characters really connect with people who probably don't normally connect with in that level, the books they're reading. I mean, that's something it seems like you're really passionate about. So romance first took off, but 
when you came back to writing, you started doing fantasy. What gave you the courage to have that shift, um, turn away from what was making you the money? I guess the thing that gave me the courage is that everything starts somewhere. And if no one starts it because it's not an immediate paycheck, then it's never going to happen. I've met a lot of people of underrepresented groups who enjoy fantasy but can't find those fantasy books. And there are more people who are putting out media that is for underrepresented people. So there, that just shows that the market is there, but it's growing. It's a slow growth. And so uh, I felt like if I really want to do this, if I'm really passionate about it, I really have to step up to the plate. I can't just be afraid. And I'm afraid all the time. I'm afraid it's not going to make money. I'm afraid that people are going to attack me because we've heard of people being doxxed for being different or succeeding, things like that. I'm All those things are in the back of my mind. But if I live in fear, what kind of life have I lived? What kind of legacy am I leaving behind? And so that's kind of what made me jump in it. At first, I was like, I'm just going to do fantasy, no romance whatsoever. But I realized that I, I wrote romance because it was fun. I had a good time doing it. I read it all the time. So I've been thinking, I've been, instead of having that huge rejection of it, I'm pulling it back into my stuff again. I'm just making sure that I'm still doing the fantasy because it's fantasy is the basis of all my passion. Even when I was writing romance, it was always fantasy and supernatural romances. So I love the magic aspect. And so as long as that drives all of it, I could do a fantasy mystery, a fantasy romance, a fantasy whatever, as long as it's fantasy with underrepresented people main characters so it's hard it's definitely hard like even neil gaiman had someone tell him to change his black characters in one of his books to white characters and he's famous so you just you just have situations like that and you realize that's something you're going to have to deal with but you have to decide if that's if the money is more important or if your passion is and in the end i've done the money right and it led me to burn out. So I'm doing the passion route. <laughs> and hopefully it will eventually lead me to money. I love that. Oh my gosh, you're such an inspiration. <laughs> Don't think I'm too much of an inspiration. I've been a coward lots and lots of time. And even now, it's I'm not as brave as I would like to be, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all start somewhere, like you said. Like yeah. It yeah. takes bravery just to like write something on a piece of paper. And to begin putting it out in the world like that's the first hard thing and you know talking about royal road and where you've been posting your stories it's it's literally the kind of thing where you post a chapter and for those who aren't familiar with royal road i encourage you to go to the site whether you read the books that are typically on there, portal fantasy and lit rpg does very well there but it's just a really interesting platform for authors to see people can comment on each chapter you write. They are like there with you. It's a little bit different than Amazon in that sense. You don't just get a review on your book. Every single chapter they get response to. So how has that um, been for you? I've been a longtime reader of Royal Road. I'm huge into lit RPG, progressive fantasy, portal fantasy. 
I love Mortal Fantasy. It's pretty much in everything that has high fantasy for me. So writing there for Royal Road was just a natural step. There is some people in the community that are very negative towards anyone who is different, including women. So sometimes there are some challenges, but for the most part, the community, especially the writers, are very, very encouraging and very supportive. And just being able to connect with my readers, because like you said, it's different from Amazon on Royal Road. Your readers leave comments and they're hoping that you're going to respond to them. While on Amazon, the reviews are not for you, they're for the readers, and it's a very bad idea to respond to them. But on Royal Road, you're building a community. It's interactions. People like people will point out typos, but they're not being malicious about it. They're trying to help you improve. They will conversate with you about the world. So you get more people that are more invested in your story and your characters in your world. And I just really love that about it. When I launched Wayfarers Guild, it ended up by the end of the week going to um, Rising Stars, which is one of the showcases for people who are new, are publishing new books. And it did really well. Not as like a knockout hit, like I would have wanted, <laughs> But still, it did really, really good, and I just really enjoy my community there. I think I'm at like 700 followers now, and it's been two months, and it's just it's just a great experience. Wow. That's really awesome. That's like something I love about serial like websites like that. Like I write on Wattpad, which is sort of like the same thing, yeah, but for a different genre. And I love the community because like it's they love responding in the comments and they love just talking about the story and you don't get that anywhere else exactly i love that about serial fiction it's like one of the best things being able to connect with your community and your fans because you're just as excited about the story as they are so you want to talk about it too so it's really really great i i just really love it now if only my patreon would grow as much <laughs> waiting for that. Serial fiction sites for people who write in different genres. We kind of put together a list of a lot of the reputable, bigger serial fiction sites segmented out by genre. So you can check the link in the description if you want to just see what sites might be good for you. But when thinking about how to make money on serial fiction, specifically Royal Road. So make- Royal Road is a free platform. So what you do is you put out your story for free and then you have patron to offer advanced chapters. That's usually the meat of the Patreon. You can add other things as well as incentive, but most of the people are there so they can read the story. So it's always a good thing to put several tiers that have chapters in advance. Once one of the big things that many people will tell you is that you need to have cliffhangers at the end of your chapters to help bring people into your patron. I don't do that very often so I'm not actually surprised there aren't as many patrons in mine but um, you'll have readers that will complain about cliffhangers but they're also going to go and sign up for your patron and you have to realize that that's one of the big incentives so uh, mostly it's that and just building up your audience over time 
there are people there are the rare people who have like an instant hit right out of the gate. Usually uh, there are people who will promote that if you haven't reached over a thousand or 2000 followers in three months, then you should just give up the story. But then there are other a much slower build. For example, The Wandering Inn, which has, I think she has like currently 4,500 patrons and has been a very long running story since 2016. And she said that during her first six months, she had zero readers. So that just goes to show that sometimes it just takes time. Wow. Yeah. It's like that slow, (laughs) slow burn, which connects to burnout because if you want to be doing it for years to be building this audience and building that trust so that people can join your community, get attached to you, and hopefully eventually (laughs) also end up paying you, paying you some money to read your stories, which is a helpful thing to be able to write more stories. It's helpful to also avoid burning out a period where you wouldn't be able to write for maybe five or six months. So after your experience with burnout, how are you reapproaching? So my approach is to reevaluate and not be afraid to change things, especially when you're in the very early stages of building your audience is the perfect time to find out what works for you. One of the things I am going to do is I'm going to be dropping back down to three days a week for my releases instead of the five days a week, not because of burnout, but mostly because I want to be able to work on other creative projects. And I won't able to do that if I'm writing my story five days a week. And that will end up in trying to crunch it all down into as much as possible in my time frame, and then burnout will happen. So I'm reducing it down. One of the things that I do is make sure to let my readers know. Don't just throw it out on them. I give them warning ahead of time. Like my patrons, I notify them I will be notifying since it's a scheduled post that starting in September, I'll be dropping down schedules for three times a week. I also put breaks in, let them know that I'm going to be taking a week vacation during this time, when I'll be leaving, when I'll be back. I think that as long as you are upfront and you make them aware that you are still a human being and you need time, (laughs) most readers are very understanding about that. So it's just making sure that you're reevaluating and making sure that you under promise and over deliver, you know? So under promise, give them less. And then when you over deliver, it's a bonus. A big misconception with serial fiction and just like subscriptions in general, when you're doing like a serial format, it's like, you have to post like all the time. And like, you have to continue to provide uh, new content you can't take vacations and it has to be like so serious but like the people who are subscribed to you on like subscription websites they're like your biggest fans and they're going to like understand like hey yeah she's been like publishing like every single day for the past like six months she definitely needs a break like she could take a vacation i'll be fine you know and there's always the option of writing material ahead and just rescheduling it to post while you're gone as well. I don't feel like it's necessary, but you can always have that option. Like one of the things that I'm going to be doing during my vacation is I'm going to be releasing some interludes from different characters' points of view. um, And I'm going to schedule them 
ahead of time so that my patron have something while I'm gone that week. But it's not something that's going to be too much effort on my part or won't lead to burnout on my part. So that's what you have to do. It's not a chapter every day, I mean, every day, Monday through Friday, but at least it's something. So they know they haven't been forgotten. I mean, as with everything, like might listen to buy and be like, whoa, that's like a ton of writing. I don't know if I can handle all of that. Like that would lead me to burnout automatically. Or you might be like, you know what? I think I can take on more, you know? It's always about knowing your limits, but that's also kind of tough because we live in a writer and author community in which we, a lot of us at least communicate in, you know, Facebook groups and discord channels. And we have access to bestseller charts that show us who's doing well and how much readers they have. And it feels like we can constantly like look up, look around and be like, where are we at numerically? And it can kind of be a little toxic. So I'm wondering how you deal with that comparison and maybe like the before and after shot of like before burnout and after burnout, if there was a shift in how you yes. treat as well. Originally before my burnout, I was writing like 10K a day and putting things out all this while still working for my job. And was in the, I was in the group that believed that the more you put out that was that would be your own advertisement. And so it was very much about a lot of quantity. And because I was always a prolific writer, I thought that that would be fine. Except for being a prolific writer is not the same as being a prolific writer every single day. <laughs> being fast and putting out a lot of writing, you could probably do that, but usually you have like a rest period afterwards. So comparing, what I found out is that there are actually a lot of different methods of being a writer. There are some people who put out books every couple of years. Like, let's think of George R. R. Martin. Let's think of the Wheel of Time series. All those books were not put out like constantly back to back. They were put out over years and they still found their audience and did very, very well. As an indie author, putting out a lot of books because you don't have the marketing budget makes sense at first, but it's not going to make sense if you burn out and you put out no books in the end. So it's better to find your pace and build your audience over time because if your books are good, no matter if you put them out constantly or put them out once or twice a year, you're going to build your audience. It's the people who were going to read your books, whether you put them once a month or put them out yearly, are still the same people. So it's just to keep that in mind. I forget a lot. <laughs> I want to do everything all at once, all the time. I'm already thinking of a second book, and I was already thinking of another visual novel that I'm going to do. And I'm like, okay, you, Vi, you can't do any of this until you finish this. You can maybe have one more thing. That's it. So it's just learning your limits. And like I said, reevaluating so that you can see, okay, so I thought I could do this. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that much. It's okay to change. It's okay to do less. Your readers are still going to be your readers because a lot of your readers are there for the content. They're not there for how often the content comes out. Like that's very secondary. If someone puts out something that's trash every single day, they're, 
they're not going to get readers. You know, it's the people that your readers who like your content, whatever that might be, are still going to be your readers, no matter how often you put it up. I want to bring in like a, another form of media okay. to then segue us to what you're doing with other form of media, because Netflix actually, I think does this whole binge watching like are used to really. And Disney Plus, Hulu, a lot of the other big streamers, when they came out with, you know, on-demand platforms, kind of took a different approach, mostly started maybe weekly episodes of new releases, kind of did that old TV model. But it so works out that they actually were able to retain their subscribers better than Netflix. And, and we'll see what ends up happening in the long run. But Netflix is actually switching their strategy. Instead of giving people all the content all at once, they're actually kind of like drip feeding that. And I, I think as an author too, you can maybe look at what's going on with a lot of really big companies involved in storytelling, what they're thinking about. And it seems like a lot of the the binginess of like reading and writing, although it's nice, it, it's very tough to keep up with. But when we talk <laughs> about these other mediums, like movies, it seems like a dream, right? Like getting your book made into a movie. That's like, we'll just compare ourselves to it, but that's not really going to happen. But you're making yourself do something even somewhat more wild, a video game. That's really, really cool. I just want you to okay. share that story. A writer first, like, that's my main thing. I'm a writer. Um, but I've always wanted to have my own studio that focused on different medium involving storytelling. So animations, comics, things like that. So I've dabbled in every all those kind of media because I just like to be able to tell my story in lots of different ways. Uh, I'm a storyteller. So what happened is that I am a big player of visual novels. And for my birthday, I got a new visual novel game. And I had been waiting for this game for forever because one of the great things about this game is that you can customize your character to have better reputation and they had a more diverse cast so i was super excited about it the art is beautiful the story is beautiful so i was playing it and i got so excited playing it i was like the author has a discord i want to join the discord so i joined the discord and while i was talking with everybody about it the author had a channel called developers journey and it was all amateur visual novels or people who were just starting out in the visual novel game development field just in there making their things which i thought was just a very cool thing for the studio owner wow so the people in the development channel the development journey channel I noticed that a lot of them were just writers or people who were just beginning in game development. They were just ordinary people just like me. And I realized that it was just something that I could do. These people are like me. So why not try to do it? That's so amazing. Oh my gosh. I've always wanted to do a visual novel. So I went ahead and did research. I'm really big on doing research. <laughs> I like to research everything. And while I was going through, I went to different forums, different discords, just doing a lot of different things like that. And I came across the game jams. And it was particularly through this one discord, Development Talk Plus, I found a game jam that was about to be happening in, in the next few days. And it was for a week long. 
and it involved just one asset. So it's a thousand words. You can only use one character, one background, one pose. So it was very limited, but that small amount that you had to do just made it more reachable and doable. So I was like, okay, I can try this out and see if I like it. If I don't like it, it's not a big deal. It's not gonna take too much time because the jam was only for a week. So I went ahead and did it. I ended up only taking me five days to get it all done. I had this wonderful person named Jared Backett who worked as the voice actor on it. He volunteered for free and I put it all together. And it and ever since then, it just took off. It had a really great reception and it was like my first game. And it was just so astonishing to me to finally, to be able to say to people, I made this visual novel. I'm now officially technically a game designer. So it was just really amazing. It must feel so amazing to just like be able to see your story in like a different form of like art. Yes, it's really, really cool to just be able to tell stories in a different medium. Like I want to be able to tell stories in all types of mediums. And I think that's one of the great things about being a writer is that almost everything needs writers. And now I have this opportunity where I can expand that and just go into all different types of things. It's actually something that I really want to do with the studio itself is that one day eventually open it up to comics, animation, you know, whatever there is, so that there's all types of medium for underrepresented people that stars them as main characters. I love that so much. I have a, actually have a couple of questions. I don't want to delve too far away, but where did you publish it, one? And then my second question, is it like a story that branches? In this case, I published it on Ichio. It's I-T-C-H dot I-O. Mm -hmm. And yes, the story was multiple different branches. It was super, super fun. I thought that when approaching it, because it is, it is definitely different than writing a novel with the branches aspect of it, but it ended up being super fun and not that difficult. It was just a really great experience. And I just think that if it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you're interested in, you should just go for it. If I can do it, I'm pretty sure that anyone could do it. I didn't really have any programming experience. I wasn't a game developer. I didn't go to school for anything like that. I just learned everything on my own. I use RenPy, it's R-E-N-P, apostrophe P-Y, totally freeware and anything else I like did myself or I use free assets. That's what I was gonna ask. Nice. So my thing is just like, go ahead and do it. Don't let it hold you back. Go out, go out there if that's what you wanna do. Like. It doesn't hurt to try and maybe you'll find success. Maybe you'll find something that you really love. Maybe it won't be your thing and you'll just like move on to the next thing. But like, I'm really big on trying new things because I would be very disappointed to never be able to do those things. I absolutely love this. I last summer was working because after my burnout, I decided to work in the technology space for creators and been doing that for two years now. And last summer I worked on a company that we eventually figured out like indie developers and indie gamers, that's like a huge 
problem of discovering these games because there's so many people out there creating awesome things, but we didn't really find that there was an awesome place to like have these things created. So that was something I worked on for a bit. So I have a lot of familiarity with the community. And I found from talking to a lot of developers that a lot like were writers, but weren't like indie writers in like our indie community, you know, like there wasn't a ton of overlap. The fact that you're bridging that I think is amazing because that specific kind of game is actually my favorite kind of video game. And I, Telltale was like what got me introduced to it because it was, it, Telltale's not indie at all, but Telltale was like, got me into like, wait, this is basically like a story video game. And I guess I'm describing this to the people who are like, what is this? Don't know. A visual novel is kind if you think of like a mix between like reading and a movie and a video game in a way, but like the movies, like video game graphics, right? It, it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's going to be huge. It already is big, but I think it's going to be insanely huge just because yeah. so many people are going to like want to read in this way. So this is so cool that you're doing this. I, I admire you. I think it's amazing <laughs> that just in five days you went out and did this. It, it's so badass. It's so badass. And I honestly hope that you can achieve your dreams of having a video game studio. And you know what's really cool about like transferring your story into different forms of media, like video games specifically, like there are books that weren't really popular that got turned into video games, then got turned into movies. Like I think The Witcher was one, like that was originally a book and then somebody made it into like a video game and it just exploded. And now it's this really awesome like show and it's, yeah, it's really, really cool what you can do with just making a video game out of it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Starlet Carnival Studios is going to do. Like I said, I really want to see it expand one day, but we're going to take it slow. I think it's really important to just take things bit by bit. Otherwise you can like overwhelm yourself. And then of course that's where burnout starts to come in again. So I'm just trying a little bit of things. I've promised myself to only take two projects at a time because I'm one of those people that will just take on everything I possibly can. So I'm trying to like focus on doing it just one piece at a time. Is also one of the reasons that I'm not like super promoting any of my projects right now because I want to make sure that I have like a really good foundation before I start promoting it so that I know that this is almost done, that I'm not going to disappoint anybody and things like that. So it's just like, be aware of your limits and don't be afraid to change things around when you are getting close to a situation where you feel like you might be burning out. There's so much you could do and when you're making a video game, like it's just so amazing. Like the current project that I'm looking to to make involves transmigration and I'm going to be doing one with the game where basically the character gets to go into the body of other characters the player does and solve issues within that world before leaving and jumping into a different one and I'm also planning to also do a story that'll be going into that as well so that's like my next project on the horizon so I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, 100%. You could also still, like, if you're creating a larger universe, have two different storylines within the universe, one in one medium, one in the other. Endless, endless possibilities. And for you, I'm curious how you're thinking about subscriptions in, in this context. Would you ever think about 
monetizing a game through a subscription like kind of thing would you in in the gaming industry for those who don't know is quite massive it's like 250 billion dollars a year in the united states which is exponentially larger than the book markets there's a lot of different monetization models where you could do like freemium and offer people like maybe side stories that are paid you know you pay to unlock certain things and a lot of this is still in its infancy and just being done but have you thought about any of these things Yes, actually, I have thought about monetizing through Patreon. I'm actually already getting prepared to do that and make this switch because I really want to focus on making a brand. Currently, what I've decided my brand is fantasy, romance, and diversity. That's basically the brand that I'm going for. Oh my gosh, I love this. And I really want to have my Patreon reflect that. So I'm planning to do that and then have separate tiers where people can join if they just want to focus on the stories that I write, if they just want to focus on the gaming aspect. And then there'll be like a tier that's just for everything. If you just want everything that I have. Yes. I'm obsessed. Me too. Me too. So I'm really excited about that. I don't know. That's something that I'm probably not going to be putting out until sometime next year, but I'm already going to be moving the ball on that right now. Like I said earlier, it's just really important to make sure to do things in small pieces and everything. But even if you're doing just a little bit each day, like most people don't think are thinking about, well, if I can't do it all at once, then I'm never going to do it at all. But if you're just doing just a little bit each time, eventually you're going to make something fantastic and awesome and all that stuff over time will build up so it's just better to just like even if you can only work on something for like 20 minutes a day it's just really great to just go out there and do that because the only limit is you you can keep doing it there's people who started really late in their careers in a particular field and still have made tremendous leaps in it just by keep going. Thank you. It's great to hear that you would support me in that. But I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the future. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. This is, this is it. You always overestimate what you can do in a month, in a year, but underestimate what you can accomplish in a decade. And when you step back and can have that vision and just go, I'm going to take it one day at a time. Magic happens. <laughs> it's Starlet Carnival magic. This is amazing. I want to say that Danny DeSatnick, who's the host of the Creator Culture Podcast, I was talking with him and he asked me a question, which is, what creatives would you invest in if you could? And I thought, what an interesting question, because that instantly makes me think, who's someone who you don't think is big yet, but is doing something unbelievably cool? You are officially at the top of that list. I swear, I think that Vi's mindset, this is the 21st century storyteller mindset. And it's something that I think will lead to you really being revolutionary. And I love just that you have this commitment to not only innovating, not only sticking true to the stories you want, but also connecting with people from underrepresented backgrounds who really need to connect to something in the world. All of I's links are down below. Please check it out. Check out her website, Wayfair Skills and the the imagery is so beautiful. And now I'm just completely obsessed with everything else you're doing. Thank you again for being here. So before I officially go, just want to remind everyone, you can also join the Scriptions for Authors Facebook group. It's an awesome community. We also have a weekly newsletter that you can join. 
totally free insights on how to grow your subscription and run a better community as an author. In addition, we also are launching a subscription platform made by authors for authors. You can check that out in the link as well. All right, that's it for me. Thank you everyone for listening. Can't wait for next week's episode. You should definitely tune in. It'll be releasing next Thursday. All right, everyone. Happy writing. Happy writing.